Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Hallelujah. Let's go today to Hebrews chapter 10. And uh, as you're going, I I want to say some things real quickly, uh, if I may, and I may. Uh, But, uh, you know, uh, I've heard a lot of words to describe the season that the nation and and individuals have went through, tumultuous and and challenging and trying and these different things. I understand that. Uh, But there's two things that I know the, the Lord dealt with me to share before we minister, and uh, you know, probably about uh, a little over a month ago, uh, I began to sense real strong in my spirit that uh, the election wasn't going to go the way a lot of people were saying it was going to go. And the Lord had told me a long time ago to say nothing before the time. I know the office, offices that I stand in, and uh, I knew I was hearing from God. And so uh, I just started getting real quiet. And uh, I also noticed something else, and this will help you. Well, don't, don't let me get ahead of myself. Let, let me move on here real quick. And so people will say, well, you know, if you were sensing that, why were we praying so hard for a different outcome? Here's why. Because you never know what you can change. The prayer of supplication and petition is in the word of God to change things. You do not have chapter and verse for a covenant that you can go to as to who's going to be your president. It's not there. The chapter and verse that you have is 1 Timothy chapter 2 that says whoever's in authority that you pray for them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, the reason this is important is because there are things that you don't know. And there are things I don't know. People, I've had people say, well, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see such and such. Folks, listen. Here, here's the thing. There are things... You don't know. Amen. Well, I know this happened. No, you don't. There are things you don't know. There are things I don't know. Well, I believe this happened. That's fine if you believe that, but you don't know. Right. Now, let me go over here. There, 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 there are things you don't know. I've got to pray in line with what God told me to do. And people will say, well, but there were prophets and there were prophecies. Well, all I'm going to say about that is this. Is you can be hearing from God about something and add to it. There are times that people start prophesying. And when the prophecy ends, they keep going. 
and I heard everything that you heard. I heard, you know, uh, battering ram angels over the White House. And, and by January 21st, this was going to happen. And then when it didn't happen, it was going to be January 23rd. And then when it didn't happen, it's God still working. And, and, and I understand, and I believe that. And I don't disregard the office of the prophet, but here's what I want you to see. Nowhere in the New Testament am I told to make my decisions based on what a prophet said. I, I got into some hot water with people because I asked them a question. What are you going to do if it don't happen? That's all I said. I said, you better be teaching your people to be led by the inner witness and by the word. Because I've, I've watched people recently toss the word aside in favor of, well, the prophet said. That's not scripture. Well, the Bible says, believe his prophets and you'll prosper. It does. It says that. And that's true. It's in the word. But you don't believe what somebody's saying and override what you're sensing in your inner man. And what people should have done is when they're hearing these things, you're checking. You're checking. Yeah, but they're a trusted voice. Here's that key I was going to tell you. The voices that I trust that have a good track record in my life, I noticed something. They started getting silent. And when the voices that I trust are saying nothing, it makes me stop and think. So let me ask you a question. Those prophets, who validated them? Who, brought the, who gave them validity? Somebody that, that, that you respect in the faith? Somebody that's over you in the Lord? See, you've you got to be cautious with that. I'm not saying that these men and women are not prophets or prophetesses. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is whenever you hear a word from anybody, you're checking. Yeah, but I don't, I don't want to doubt. That's not doubt. That's, that's, that's biblical wisdom. Is that right? And what we see is a lot of people heard from God, and I believe they did, and they put a date on it. They should have just heard from God. Amen. Now, the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 14, we won't take the time to go there. You can look it up. It says that the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. And then it says in the very next verse, for God is not the author of confusion. Amen. If it's bringing confusion, it's not from God. Well, what do we do? Everything's falling apart. Are you kidding me? Did God die? <laughs> Has there been an insurrection in heaven that somehow God is no longer on the throne? No. No. The Lord has been so good to me. Right? So it says God's not the author of confusion. So God doesn't bring confusion. 
And I've had people say, I'm just so confused. This one said that, and, and this didn't happen, or, or what? I keep reminding myself, I don't know. Well, why did it go that way? Deuteronomy says the secret things belong to God. I will tell you something by the Spirit of the Lord. There are things that are going to be exposed. And people say, what are they? I don't know. But I know the Lord's had me praying for a year that the sword of the tongue of deceit would be dulled and the sword of the tongue of truth would be sharpened. The Lord's had my wife praying for a year that every deceitful thing will be brought to the light. Amen. 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 So that's what we stay with. I don't know. Tell your neighbor, there are things things. we don't know. know. And what you don't know, you don't know. But the Bible says those things will come to the light. What's our job? Pray, intercede, hold our government up in prayer. And and, and I'm going to caution you against something. Don't be that person who says, well, that's not my president. Yes, it is. If you're an American, that's your president. And you have no choice. Uh, Let's go over to 1 Timothy 2 because I want you to see something. I'm not just talking. There's two reasons that we pray this way. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, notice supplication, prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks be made for all men, for everybody. For kings and all that are in authority, presidents, vice presidents, cabinet members, right? Why? That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this, verse 3, is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. So we pray for number one, to lead a quiet and peaceable life. And number two, because it's good and acceptable in the sight of God. Amen. Amen. Yeah, but that guy's this and that guy's a liar and this woman's this. The Bible says speak evil of no man. Amen. Now when you get quiet, you got to say that. Say, the Bible says, the Bible says speak, evil of no man. speak evil of no man. Your job, you got to walk in love with people you don't even know. Why? Because I want the blessings of God in my life. Now, you believe whatever you want to believe. But I've showed you Scripture, and that's what we're going to do every time we talk about it. There are things I don't know. What you've got to come to the conclusion is this. When you cast your vote in November, to the best of my knowledge... You cast a righteous vote. So you did your job. I just want to make sure, you know, this and my vote got counted. There are things you don't know. Let me ask you something. What if it was legitimate? Well, it's impossible. No, it's not. 
It's not impossible. Hmm. I'm not going to stay on this. <laughs> but I, I wanted to say this the week after, and I wasn't here. It's not impossible. You know, the statistics say there were a large percentage of righteous people that didn't vote. Again, in a crucial time, they stayed home. In, in the Georgia election, they said there were many Christians that just decided, well, why even try? Now, my point in saying all that, I'm not getting political. I'm just trying to say there are things you don't know. People say, well, do you believe it was legitimate? That's irrelevant. We have what we have. That's the most wicked administration ever. And that's what they said about the administration before President Trump. And that's what they said about the administration before President Bush. And were they, were they godless and wicked in some ways? Yes. Did we survive? Yes. Did the church thrive? Yes. Will the church get through this? Yes. Amen. We're a big old ship and we might be sitting mighty low in the water, but I'm telling you what, we're not about to sink in some modern day typhoon. Amen. We're the church that's built on the rock of revealed knowledge of Jesus Christ and the gates of hell cannot prevail against us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, Hebrews chapter 10. To the best of my knowledge, that's all we'll say about that. Let us draw near. <clears throat> this will be part four of this. Hebrews 10, 22, it says, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. We talked about this phrase, draw near. It means to come near, to worship, to draw near, or to go near. Now, this is important because, in, especially in the last two messages, you can get the, the CD or go online and watch. We've talked about how God always desired nearness with His people and how the things of God are attached to nearness to God. Jesus made the statement, He said, if, if you thirst, come to me, draw near. He said, uh, if, if uh, you labor and are heavy laden, come to me, draw near, and I'll give you rest. Over and over again, we see that in the scripture, that God has desired nearness. Well, to be near to God is to be near to his word. Amen. To be near to God is to be near to his word. Understand this. It's a statement that we make. God and his word are one and the same. You, you, you cannot separate them. They cannot be separated because the attributes that are ascribed to God can be ascribed to His Word. All right? If, if you look at the attributes of God, God is eternal. Jesus said the Word was eternal. Uh, the Bible says God is truth. The Word says the Word is truth. Uh, the Bible says God cannot lie. First John says the Word cannot lie. The, the attributes attached to God are attached to His Word. Amen. In Titus chapter 1 and verse 2, a familiar scripture, 
But it says, Paul writing to Titus, he says, in hope of eternal life, which God, notice this phrase, that cannot lie, promised before the world began. So we see two things. The promise of God concerning eternal life and the statement by the Apostle Paul that God who made that promise cannot lie. Cannot lie. This is important to review. Not won't lie. Cannot lie. Now, there's reasons for that, but primarily that phrase cannot lie, it simply means this, without lie. God is without falsehood. He is without lying. We could say it this way. He's without the ability to lie. Now why? He is truth. So God who is without lie, who cannot lie, made this promise. So if God is without lie, if God cannot lie, therefore His Word is without lie, and His Word cannot lie. Now why is this so important? Because being people of the Word, there's a reason that we're people of the Word. We're people of the Word because the Word is truth. When you take the Word and you line it up side by side against any other thing, any other statement, any other thing that you're, that you're looking at, the Word, the side of the Word is always the true side. It's truth. Well, this over here is true too. Well, I, I understand what that person's saying. I understand what you're saying. There are things that are true in the natural sense, but the truth of the word trumps the truth of the natural. A, a very simple example. It may be true that many places in the United States accepts same-sex marriage, but the truth of the word says it's ungodly. And shouldn't be. So what do you believe? What the Word says. Why? It's truth. It cannot lie. It says that what that produces is destruction and vexation of spirit in the life of the person that gets involved in it. Amen. Right? The world says it's a good thing to keep all your money and save your money. And, and it is. That's a truth. But yet the truth of the Word says that it's the generous man who sows, even when it looks like he's doing too much, that sows that will receive the harvest. You put your trust in the truth that cannot lie versus the truth that can be changed. This truth cannot be changed. Why? It is eternal. God, the Bible says, does not change. Is that right? Uh, Malachi says... I am the Lord, I change not. Is that what he said? So God doesn't change. Hallelujah. John 17. Now this is important because this is what you're putting your trust in. What you put your trust in has to be without falsehood. Because if, if there's falsehood in it, it will crumble. Because the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, the lying tongue is but for a moment. 
but the lip of truth will stand forever. And so whatever is falsehood, whatever has lie in it will disintegrate. John 17 and verse 17, Jesus said, Sanctify them through your truth. Your word is truth. Well, for something to be true, it has to be without lie. The solidity of the word comes from the fact that it's truth. The word cannot lie. Truth can never be a lie. Hallelujah. That's why the word doesn't merely relay truth. The word is truth. It doesn't just speak truth. It is truth. That's important. Why? Because if you look at the Bible just as another book, there are, there are books that relay truth. Textbooks, school books, they relate truth, but they're not unchangeable. Only the Word is unchangeable. This is the only substance that the Word says, everything you see will pass away, but the Word will never pass away. Why? Because it's, 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 it's founded on God Himself. It is not a book about someone. It is someone. This is God speaking to me. The DNA of God is in the Scripture. And that makes it a living part of God. It can never be wrong. It can never pass away. It can never fail. Because it's God. Now our critics will say, well, you're you're putting the Bible on the same level as God. No, God did that. Psalm 138 verse 2, you have exalted your word above all your name. That's what he said. Over and over again, the scripture lets us know that. So when you put your faith in the word, you're putting your faith in God, who what? Cannot lie. Who is without lie. So when you see something in the scripture, we look at it and we say, well, that's a promise from the scripture. But de- define promise. What does promise mean to you? It means God said, I will do this. God who is without lie. God who cannot lie. Said, if you'll put your trust in that, I'll do what I said. Amen. Why? He cannot lie. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, I was believing God and it didn't happen. Well, you'd be the first person that ever happened to. You don't know the person that was believing God and it didn't happen. You don't know that person. They don't exist. Well, I haven't seen it yet. Did God say it? It'll happen. That's a bold statement. No, it's a Bible statement. What did Jesus say? He said, didn't I tell you if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Amen. What, what, what's the predication there? I believe God. Why do you believe God? He cannot lie. He is without lie. Did he make a promise to you? Yes, he did. Don't pull your faith away from that because God will do what he promised. Remember in the book of Numbers, God is not a man that he should lie. 
Neither is he the Son of Man that he should have to repent. Has he said it? Shall he not do it? So God will never have to come to any of us and go, I'm sorry I didn't do what I said. Why? God's without lie. Why is it, think about this, that the Bible tells us to believe God and does not tell God to believe us? Well, Pastor, that's simple. Well, I know it sounds simple, but there is one that we believe because he cannot lie. There, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. There are people in here, God's made you promises about your family, about different people that you're believing for, different things you're believing for. Let me tell you something. God cannot lie. And at some point, you've got to take the scripture you're standing on about that person and go to God and say, okay, Lord, I believe this. And you cannot lie. So I'm looking for this to come to pass in my life. Amen. Amen. Say it out loud. God cannot lie. His word cannot lie. Amen. 2 Timothy 3. I had a pastor one time. He's in heaven today. Loved him dearly, but he, he had issue with this. He, he took exception to the things that I would teach. And he would say, well, what are you going to say when somebody comes to you and says uh, that that didn't work for them? I said, what do you mean what am I going to say? Well, are you going to tell them they didn't have any faith? I said, well, you know, I'm not going to be heartless to anybody. But I'm going to take it back to what the scripture says. If you believe, all things are possible. Amen. Amen. Well, I haven't seen it. Well, now right there, you're making a statement that goes opposite to faith right, right away. You're saying you haven't seen it. So because you haven't seen it, it's not so. Well, here's the question, my brother, sister. Is it so because you saw it or so because God said it? Here's the answer. It's so because God said it. You might be here believing God for finances today. And the scripture says you're blessed coming in and blessed going out. That everything you touch will prosper. And yet you don't see that occurring. But yet scripture says that's so. Amen. So you got to bring your level of expectation up to begin to expect what God, who cannot lie, said would happen. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, I'm believing for this in my body. Okay. Did God promise it? Did the scripture say, with his stripes you were healed? Did it say that? Then that's what you're expecting. Yeah, but I don't see it. It has nothing to do with anything. If what you saw could change what God said, nobody would ever get healed. It's you taking what you see in the Word and make that your vision and make that what you're seeing. That's why the Scripture told 
the scripture told Joshua, he said, this word, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it therein day and night. And what will happen is that your way would be prosperous and you'd have success. What was the key? Keep the word in your eyes. Keep it in your mouth. Why? Because God had already told him, you're going across this Jordan and there are going to be people groups that are bigger than you, stronger than you, larger than you, and i got to have you seeing what I see because I'm going to go before you and drive them out. But I need you, Joshua, to be strong and of a good courage. Faith takes courage. Faith takes a determination that I'm not going to coward and back off of what God told me. I'm going to look right in the face of that situation that doesn't seem like it's changing and I'm going to believe God who cannot lie. Amen. Do you see that? So i got to replace that. Well, I haven't seen it. That has nothing to do with anything. Hallelujah. We're going to go to a scripture in just a moment. The Bible says in the book of Romans, So what if some did not believe? Shall the unbelief of some make the faith of God without effect? God forbid. What you see should not be able to eradicate your faith. Why? Because your faith is not based on what you can see. Your faith is based on what God said, who cannot lie. Amen. I, I'm looking at, I, I know almost everybody in here, known many of you for a number of years. I, I'm looking at Rusty here. I love Rusty. I'm picking on him. It's a good picking, though. Rusty wouldn't lie to me. I can stand up here and tell you Rusty wouldn't lie to me. And not because he couldn't, because he won't. Now, that, that is a statement to me. When somebody can look at you and say, they won't lie. But here's a bigger statement. What if I could say, he can't lie? How much trust would you put in Rusty Shiderly if I could tell you he cannot lie? Now, I can't say that about anybody in here because we can. I can say we won't. I can tell you to the best of my ability, I would never lie to you. But about God, we can say God cannot lie. Amen. Why? He's without lie. Amen. Think about this for a moment. When it comes to telling the truth, I've had people tell them before, well, I just, I just can't tell them the truth. It hurt them too much. Well, what does that mean? There's a lie in there. Amen. Remember what I taught you one time that sermon series to tell the truth? You tell the truth or say nothing. And saying nothing don't always work. Amen. Am, am I helping you with this? But when God says something, it's true. I had a minister tell me something one time. Now, now don't agree with this because it's wrong. Sounds good, but it's wrong. I'm just cautioning you. He said, well, even if God told a lie, it would automatically be true. I said, well, no, wait a minute. If God ever told a lie, he'd cease to be God. Because it would put him on my level. We came up to God's level. Now Jesus came down to our level and became a man. 
so that we could come up to God's level. If God ever lied, it would put him on the same level of me as, as being able to be dishonest. Right. Amen. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? So when you look at your situation, what did God, who cannot lie, say? Can this lie? Your eyes. Yes. Can your feelings lie? Yes. How, how do I know that? Because if you look at your physical situation or the physical situation of the one that you're believing for, you might see something that says it's not happening. What did God who cannot lie say? See, this sounds simple, but in the day and age we live in, for the word to be a stronghold. Remember 2 Corinthians 5? Or uh, uh, 10, verse 4, we won't go there. They, they might can put it up on the screen. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, Brother Dave, you said you had the woost. Could you put, do you have the woost? No, no. Well, what? <laughs> Dave, who cannot lie. Amen. <laughs> he didn't tell me. Uh, 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 but you said the, the, the uh, passion, right? Can you show me uh, 2 Corinthians, or yeah, 2 Corinthians 10, 4 in the Passion Translation. I, I, I want to see this real quick. A uh, little, little sidetrack. Is this okay? Yes, sir. Uh, it, in the King James, it says that uh, uh, casting down imaginations and every stronghold, right? The passion says, for although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. The strongholds. Amen. The strongholds. In this context, it's negative. A stronghold in the mind. Right? But if you remember in Nahum chapter 1, around verse 7, it says the Lord is a stronghold. Amen. If the Lord is a stronghold, his word is a stronghold. Right. See, the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knoweth them that trust in him. So my point is, there are negative strongholds that have to be pulled down, but then you've got to make the word a stronghold. Amen. You've got to make faith a stronghold, a fortress, a defense. Against what? Whatever the enemy brings your way. Now, the enemy has to work through your sight, your feeling, your, your emotions, the five physical senses, and we know this. And very often, those five physical senses will go contrary to what the truth is. Have you ever been told the truth and you didn't like it? Anyone besides me? Well, this is the truth. Well, I know, but I don't like it. Why? It didn't make me feel good about me or feel good about the situation. But you know, when you addressed the truth, you were then able to change whatever needed to be changed. When I see the truth of the Word of God, it begins to produce this change on the inside of me and I begin to change and align myself with what the truth said. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. You know what it says. You can quote it, right? 
It says, for we walk by faith. How? We walk, notice we walk, we conduct our life by, preposition by, the, the avenue, the way you do something, by faith, not by sight. One translation, do you have the Amplified there, Brother Dave? We regulate our lives and conduct ourselves by our conviction, faith, or belief respecting man's relationship to God, doing and divine things with trust and holy fervor. Thus we walk by, we walk not by sight or appearance. One translation says, never by what we see. Right? What is faith based on? The fact that God cannot lie. How can you be solidly convicted that God will do what He said? He can't lie. There's no lie in Him. He's without lie. See, people will say, well, I'm ba I base my faith on the Word. You do base your faith on the Word, but why is the Word worthy for you to base your faith on it? God cannot lie. He's without lie. That's why in the Scriptures... The emphasis is put on us believing God. Amen. Remember in the book of Genesis, we're going, well, I'm giving you a lot of, of instances, but I want you to grab a hold of this. In the book of Genesis, God came to Abraham and he told him, I'm going to make you a great nation. Around Genesis 17, you know what Abraham did? Laughed. He did, laughed. The father of our faith laughed at God. Why? Everybody at some point in time has looked at the physical side of things and thought that's impossible. You might even get a doctor's report that says it's impossible. You might even see actions or the way things are going and, and your mind says it's impossible. What did God do? He said, okay, laughing boy, come out here. Look at the stars. If you're able to tell them and number them, that's how many your seed's going to be. Right? Then two chapters later, he's there in the plains of Mamre, and he comes, and he, and he, and he, and he talks, and he says, you know, I'm the Lord, I'm going to visit Sarah, and she's going to have a son. And Sarah laughed. Sarah fell on her face and laughed. And the Lord said, why'd you laugh? And she lied to God. I didn't laugh. Oh, he said, but you did laugh. And he said, but guess what? This time next year, you're going to have a son. What? Now listen to me. Why is this important? Can God lie? The Bible says in the, in the New Testament, and so the scripture was fulfilled. Abraham believed God. Is that right? At some point between laughing and giggling at God, they started believing God. And what couldn't occur in 25 years occurred within nine months. When did that occur? Look, look at Hebrews chapter 11. Is this okay? Look at Hebrews chapter 11. I want to kind of give you a master class on faith a little bit. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11. 
Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past the age of doing so because she judged him faithful. Faithful has a deeper meaning than just I'll do what I said. Faithful to your word. Do you know what makes a person unfaithful in marriage? People will say, well, they had an affair. No, they violated their word. When you got married, you said, I will love and cherish you for the rest of my life. There'll be no other. Is that right? So what violated faithfulness? The affair? The fact that you violated what you said. God cannot violate what he said. Not won't, can't. It's not in him to do it. He doesn't even think about it. Uh, Brother Dave, would you show me that uh, verse there in the Amplified Bible? Hallelujah. I want you to see this. God who cannot lie. Because of faith, Sarah herself received physical power. Now notice that. Her physical capabilities were not there to have a child. She couldn't conceive. Well, number one, she was old, but she had never been able to conceive. Something had been dead in her body from the time she was born. Now put the situation you're believing God for up against that. This is impossible. Remember Brother Hagin said when he was on his deathbed as, as a boy, the doctor said, son, there's not one chance in a million that you could get up off this bed. And he said, I thought to myself, you know, if I, if I just had hope of one chance, that would give me some hope. And he asked his mother, he said, if you just, if you just want it bad enough, Will that help? And of course, nobody can tell a dying child, well, yeah. And he said, I wanted to live so bad that I wore all the varnish off the bed stand because those heart attacks were coming. He said he would have multiple heart attacks every day as a 16, 17-year-old kid. And he said, I would, I would feel myself dying and I would reach back and grab that bed and I wore all the varnish off. Amen. That's hopeless. No hope. But the Bible says, in the verse we just read in the Amplified Bible, it says that she received physical power. To what? Conceive seed when she was a child, when she was long past the age for it. Because she considered God, who could not lie, who had given her the promise to be reliable and trustworthy and true to his word. Is that right? So do you have the word on it? Then it is not impossible. Can it change? Yes. Why? Because God who cannot lie said it could change. Woo, glory. That was worth coming to church for right there. I want you to see something else. Verse 17 of the same chapter. And uh, can we look at this uh, in the Amplified Bible, please? Because here's Abraham 
who has already received the seed that was impossible for him to have. Have you ever thought about that? You got a, a man that can't produce a son and a woman that can't conceive a son and God says, y'all going to have a baby. Now think about this for a moment. This is important that you think this way. Did that eradicate, alleviate, or cancel out what God who cannot lie said? So what does that tell us? No matter how impossible what you're believing for is, if you'll put your faith in God who is without lies, something will change. By faith, how did he do it? By faith, Abraham, when he was put to the test, while the testing of his faith was still in progress, had already brought Isaac for an offering, who he had gladly received, and welcomed God's promises. Now, hold it right there for a moment. What was God's promise? In Isaac is how all this seed's going to come to pass. Isaac wasn't married here. He had not had any children. Abraham's seed right here in the natural looked like it's going to end. But notice, he had gladly received and welcomed God's promises. Was ready to sacrifice his only son. Look at that next verse. Of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your descendants be reckoned. Verse 19. For he reasoned that God was able to raise him up. Why? God who cannot lie promised it is through Isaac your seed will be called. And so Abraham is being told to take him and sacrifice him and he's in the process of doing it thinking this way. God will raise him from the dead. Indeed, in the sense that Isaac was figuratively dead, potentially sacrificed, he did actually receive him back from the dead. Next verse. With eyes of faith. Notice that. Isaac, looking far into the future, invoked blessings on Jacob and Esau. Eyes of faith. He was seeing what God had promised. So Abraham lays his son on the altar picks up a knife and is about to plunge it into his chest because he believed that God that cannot lie will raise that boy from the dead. Hallelujah. I hear a lot of people say, well, you've got to take and lay your Isaac on the altar. Listen, none of us in here have an Isaac. God's not asking you to lay that on the altar. God's asking you to believe the way Abraham believed. That regardless of what I see, God who cannot lie made me a promise and that's how it's going to be. Am I helping you today? So God who cannot lie. Now but I thought it would be done by now. Well you put that time limit on it, not God. Time limit will hurt your faith. What do you do? You settle it. If you're believing for something, settle it right now. Right now in your mind or write it down or however you got to do it. This is done right now in Jesus' name. But I just wish the Lord would show me something. He did. It's called His Word. 
For, for instance, think about this. In the book of Isaiah, he said, All your children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. Is that what the scripture says? So you might look at a situation in your family's life, and it doesn't look like there's peace. But yet God, who cannot lie, said there was. God's desire for your life is the promise that He makes you. The promise is God's desire. If He says all your children shall be taught of the Lord, that's God's desire. What's your part? Believe God who cannot lie. What will He do? Teach your children. Great will be the peace of your children. Is a sick child at peace? Is a tormented child at peace? Is it? is a disturbed child at peace. But yet the Bible says great will be the peace of your children. The nothing missing, the nothing broken, the, the completeness of your children. Is that what the Bible says? Then when you look at a child that appears to be incomplete or appears to be disturbed or appears to be going through something, what comes into your mind or what has to come into your mind is God who cannot lie said great will be the peace of my children. And it's not just something you believe. God who cannot lie. God who is without lie. So I go back to the earlier example. If I, I know that Rusty won't lie to me, but it would be a totally different statement to say Rusty cannot lie to me. Amen. How much trust would I put in him? I trust him a lot right now. How much more would I trust him? Let me tell you how much you trust God if you're a believer. You trust God with your eternal soul. God said, when you got born again, you took God at His word. If you'll believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved. And you believe that because you believe God cannot lie. And you staked your eternal existence on that one statement. And God, who cannot lie, saved you. And that's the faith you've got to put in everything God who cannot lie said. If somebody came up to you and said, well, you're not saved, you'd go, whatever. I know I'm saved. I was there when it happened, so I guess I ought to know. Right? I've been born again. Amen. So when somebody comes up and says, well, that's not going to happen, <laughs> whatever. I was there when he promised. I was in the room when God, who cannot lie, promised me that. Amen. Oh, but you, he wasn't in the room. Was his word in the room? Then he was in the room. Amen. When, uh, when I went to Ecuador, uh, let me see, was it Ecuador? Where was I at? Somewhere. Uh, no, it wasn't Ecuador because it was, uh, oh, I forget where I was. I was on a trip anyway, and uh, we were closing on our house, and I couldn't be there. So uh, we went down to the Republic, and uh, I signed a power of attorney. That said my wife could sign my name. I was miles away, yet I was in that room. Why? My word was in that room. 
When, when, when you have the word on it, God's in the room. When you open up the Bible in the morning, God's talking to you. God's in your living room. God's in your sitting room. God's in your den. God's at your kitchen table. Right there. Well, yeah, because he's in me. Right, that, that's right. But because his word's there. Hallelujah. So what did God, who cannot lie, say? 2 Timothy 3. Oh, thank you, Lord. Because what God said he would put together, he will put together. The connections that need to be made to cause that miracle to come to pass will be made. Hallelujah. The, new, the, the transmitters, the neurological transmitters that need to connect will connect. Because God, who cannot lie, created the body, created the brain, created the connectors. And God, who cannot lie, says the Lord, has not forgot how they're supposed to go. And even though the wires may be crossed, and even though the wires may be crooked, and there may be some not attached, God, who cannot lie, that spoke into existence things that were not seen, but yet things that already existed, will surely do the same and correct the circumstance. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Second, did I say 2 Timothy? Yes, chapter 3, verse 16. All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Now, it tells what it's profitable for, but I want you to focus on that phrase. All Scripture is given by God's inspiration. Inspiration has to do with breathing. As a matter of fact, the Woos Bible says all Scripture, every Scripture is God-breathed. Amen. Hallelujah. So the inspiration has to do with the Holy Spirit breathing or the Holy Spirit speaking the Scriptures. That's why your understanding of the Trinity of the Godhead is so important because people tend to put God the, the, the Father here, God the Son here, and God the Holy Spirit here. And, and they will see things like this and they'll say, you know, it's given by inspiration. The Holy Spirit spoke the word. Then God spoke the word. Because you can't separate them. These three, 1 John, are one. Amen. Not just one in thought and action, they're one. Jesus said the Son came out of the Father. I and the Father are one. Philip said, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. And Jesus said, Philip, have I been such a long time with you that you don't know me? When you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Now, people will break that down and say, well, you know, is that a oneness doctrine, and are you oneness? I'm Bibleness. This is not about a doctrine. 
The Bible says that there is one God eternally manifest in three persons. Now my point in saying this is so God, through the Holy Spirit, authored the Scriptures. The Holy Spirit breathed. Peter said this. He said, no interpret, no prophecy of the Scripture came by any private interpretation. Talking about the Old Testament prophets. It did not come by their private interpretation. But he said, holy men of God spoke as they were moved on by the Holy Ghost. So every Scripture that was spoken in the Old Testament prophetically was a scripture that was spoken to them by the Holy Ghost. Every scripture in the New Testament was spoken to us by the Holy Ghost. We say, well, the writer of, of, of this book was Paul. No, the writer of that book was the Holy Ghost through Paul. And anywhere in Paul's writings, when he deviates and it's his opinion, he'll say, this is my opinion. It's important. Hallelujah. Why? Because the author of a book is what gives validity to that book. The author of a book is what gives validity to that book. The author of the word is the Holy Spirit. And three times, I'll give the verses to you. You can look them up. John 14, 17. John 15, 26. John 16, 13. In all those verses, Jesus called the Holy Spirit the Spirit of truth. He called Him the Spirit of truth more than any other thing. Why is the word truth? Because the Spirit of truth authored it. So the author is truth. What the author says is truth. In uh, 1 John 2, 1 John chapter 2. And verse 21. John says, I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and you know this, that no lie is of the truth. The Woos Bible says, I'm not writing you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and because every lie is not out of the truth as a source. So John says, I'm writing to you because you know the truth, and because you know that no lie is of the truth. Doubt is simply this, that maybe God didn't mean what He said. Doubt is this, maybe God can lie. Now, very often we'll say, well, no, that's impossible. Then why would you think it? Why would you think God may not do something? Lost my crowd. Why did religion have to come up with this, this idea? Well, maybe it wasn't God's will. What is the Word? 
right? What else is it? God's will. If you find it in his will, is it his will for you? Why would it not come to pass? Because the, the onus comes back on me. What do I believe about what God who cannot lie said? When it comes to what God's word said, there should be in the life of a believer no question. Listen, if you cannot believe, and I'm, I'm saying if you, you understand what I mean by that. If a person cannot believe what is written for all time and eternity, how could they ever believe a prophetic utterance or a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge that God through the Holy Spirit gives? If you can't believe what's written for all time and eternity, how can you ever say that you have faith to believe what somebody else says to you through the unction of the Holy Spirit? If you believe what somebody else said to you over this, your priorities are out wrong. I believe this first in spite of what anybody says. What somebody says to you by the unction of the Holy Spirit should be something that lines up with what the Word says. The Word does not line up with unctions. Unctions line up with the Word. But we've got a lot of people that are running from pillar to post and running here and there trying to get a Word and they have an eternal Word. What'd the word say? I've had people say, Pastor, you know, you got a word for me. Yes, it's right here. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and, 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 and really, I'm not, I'm not being comical, but it's, it's, it's I, I've come to understand something. That very often, those utterances come to me after I've made my stand on the word and have decided this is what's going to happen in my life. And very often God will come around and give me an utterance through a person that I trust as validation that what you're believing, you're on the right track. Amen. 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 So that is his will. So if something doesn't happen that you find in the word, it is at best a misnomer to say it must, have not, must not have been God's will. We used the scripture earlier, Isaiah 53 and 5. Is that God's will? With his stripes you, you are healed. 1 Peter 2.24, with his stripes you were healed. Matthew 18, with his stripes you are healed. Would that be the will of God? So if a person you know fails to get healed... You cannot, with good Christian conscience, say it must not have been God's will. Why is it God's will to heal Michelle, but not God's will to heal Jim? Well, she must have had more faith. Wait a minute, your argument makes no sense. What if they both say they were believing? Well, evidently he wasn't and she was. How can you say that? Do you know? No, you don't know. But to just tag it and say it must not have been God's will for him, then why should any of us believe God can heal? Why would we ever ask God to heal us? If it may or may not happen. 
At best, that's a crapshoot. Come on, seven. Get me to heaven. Right? That's important. Could it be she believed God cannot lie? Oh, but pastor, you know, you're saying that person didn't have enough faith to get healed. I'm telling you that there's a level of belief that you have to get to understanding the fact that God cannot lie to see things start to move in your life. That, that's not comparing somebody's faith to yours or making you feel bad. Amen. If you, go, if you go to the doctor and he says, look, you're deficient in this vitamin and deficient in this nutrient, and if you'll, if you'll, if you'll uh, increase that, all this will just go away. Would you feel bad? Tell you what. I went in there and asked him what my problem was, and he said I was deficient in this area. Who does he think he is? Might just be God's will. But a pastor will stand up and say, look, you've got to increase your faith. Now, I'll tell you what, I don't like being told I don't have enough faith. Why else did you come here? <laughs> I have done the spiritual blood test. I'm not saying you, y'all are faith giants. But you understand what I'm saying? Don't, don't ever get that way. When you go to God, it's never God, why didn't you do? It's God what, where am I missing it that this hasn't occurred in my life yet? Because I believe you cannot lie. What will God do? Increase this nutrient. Increase this substance. Do this. He'll give you the answer. And in every case, the victory will be magnificent. Amen. I had the Lord tell me one time. I was asking, you know, what, Lord, why didn't this happen? He said, because you didn't believe me. Well, what'd you do? Well, what do you mean, what'd I do? <laughs> Amen. What'd I do? Thank you, sir. Thank you. You could have left me in unbelief. But you told me I didn't believe you. So, so that means I couldn't blame, I couldn't blame Earl, I, uh, right? I, I, couldn't blame, I couldn't blame anybody else. I just had to look at me. That's good. Because the only person I had to fix was me. Amen. Tell your neighbor, the only person you have to fix, have to fix is, you. is you. Look at Romans 3. Am I helping you today? Amen. I just want the Lord to let me know I'm on the right track. He is today. You're on the right track. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, Lord, I'll say that. And And... And your level of faith is nobody else's business. Amen. Well, I don't feel like I'm at their level. Well, you may not be, but so what? The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 12, it says for people not to think more highly of themselves than they ought to think, seeing as how God has given each man the measure of faith. In other words, all of us started out with the same level of faith. Amen. Nobody got more, and nobody got less. Amen. The Bible says it's up to the individual to build their faith. Amen. 
So if you look at somebody and it just seems like they, man, they're operating in their faith, that's an example, not a challenge. That's a model to follow and not a reason to feel bad. Right? If, I, if they can do it, I can do it. I, need, I just need to find out how they did what they did and just go do what they did. Amen. I've had people ask me, how can you make statements? How can you say that you know something's not going to happen to you? I built my faith that way. I really believe that I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. Now, I really believe that. I really believe that God that cannot lie redeemed me from sickness and redeemed me from disease and redeemed me from poverty. I really believe that every diseased German virus that touches my body dies instantly when it touches me. I really believe that. I didn't just start saying that last year or the year before. I've been saying it for over 20 years. I really believe I cannot be sick. Well, what if you get sick? That never crosses my mind. I'm redeemed from it. That would be like somebody saying, well, what if your wife don't love you? It doesn't cross my mind. I mean, look at me. What's not to love? Now, I'm joking. I'm joking. Philip, who cannot be prideful. I'm joking. Honey, I'm joking. Think about that for a moment. You, you need to try that out. Say it out, out of your mouth. Say, I, I cannot be sick. Ah, oh, but you know, Pastor, I know better than that. Really? There's some work that needs to go on. Right? You got to get to the place that you believe wherever you find yourself, you win. Let me hurry. Did I tell you to turn to a scripture, Romans 3? Verse 3. What if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? God forbid. The, 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 the Greek is better this way. Absolutely not. No way, no shape, no how. God forbid. Let God be true. Now wait a minute. If God is true then we could say, let his word be true. Now notice the word let. Let. The word let is used in the sense of allowing. Allowing something to become. Allow God to be true. Let God and his word become true to you. But, and we should put the word let there. Every man be a liar. If they're saying something contrary to the word. But I have to allow that. So if God said one thing about my physical self. And the doctor says another thing. I have to allow God to be true. And allow the report to be a lie. I don't deny it. I don't hide it. But it is a report, but it's a lying report. Amen. Well, they only gave me six months to live. Yeah, but the Bible says you'll live out the length of your days. Amen. It says the number of your days you will fulfill. 
Is that what the scripture says? You let that be true. You allow that to become true. Hallelujah. Well, you just never know. I do know. Amen. Listen, does the scripture say in Psalm 91, no evil shall befall you and no plague will come near your dwelling? Does it say that? What are you supposed to believe? That. Well, but pastor, I'm battling something. That doesn't change the word. You still have a right to stand up and say, sickness, you got to leave my body because the Bible says no plague will come near my dwelling. You are trespassing. You are violating my covenant and you got to go. Amen. Amen. Now, man, I just woke up today and every flu symptom was all over me. You got to tell it to go. I'm not letting you violate me. I'm not letting you violate my covenant. You got to go. Why? God cannot lie. Amen. Well, what will happen? He will pack up and go. When I was a boy growing up in church, we sang that old song. I command you, Satan, in the name of the Lord, to pick up your weapons and flee. For the Lord has given me authority to walk all over thee. Amen. Now, I know we don't sing simple songs like that that are full of the power of God nowadays in church. But you get a whole church singing that. I command you, Satan, in the name of the Lord. You pick up your weapons and flee. You need to tell the devil. You pick up your toys of sickness and your toys of poverty and your toys of disease and you get out of my house. You take your ball and go home. I'm not playing the game. That can sound like preaching fodder. It can sound like words. That's how you've got to act. God, who cannot lie, said no plague would come near my house. None. Now, I believe what God said. I don't care if I'm looking at you. I don't care if I can see you devil looking me in the face. You get out of here. Because you're not allowed here. You get. Well, what if he don't go? That's not what the Bible says. God who cannot lie says when you resist the devil, he'll flee from you. And he will. Why? Because you believed what God who cannot lie said. And, and, and you know the devil will come with his Fauci graphs. Oh, wait a minute. Well, you know... One of the symptoms is this, and you know you got that, and right? He's got his flip chart out. He's trying to get you to take something. What do you believe? Well, you know, but, oh, you know, my head's been hurting. I understand. My head's hurting, too. I got, I got a bump right there. I forgot where I was. We were in Texas, and at the conference, and I forgot where I was, and, and I shut the light off coming out of the bathroom, ran into the wall. <laughs> right into the corner of the wall. Bam! I wish there was a scripture that said, no wall shall befall you, but it... 
I felt like one of those cartoon characters. <laughs> But think about that. Does he have to flee? Is he trespassing? Is he violating your covenant? That should make you mad. Because you are trying to usurp the authority of God's word. And you're not allowed to do that. Amen. And that's why you say, I can't be sick. Well, what if I'm battling something? That didn't change what you say. Hallelujah. Anybody that's ever raised kids, did, did your kids ever whine? Maybe they still do, right? Mine does. Mom, uh, uh, Billy is having a get-together. Can I go over to his house? No, you can't go. Mom! Here comes, here comes the whine. Come on. All I want to do is go to his house, right? And I told you you're not going. That was my mother's favorite thing. I don't care what you want. I told you you're not going. Now, I don't suggest you parent that way. <laughs> but the, 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 the point is, the wine. The devil whines. You're sick. I mean, come on, look at you. You're aching, your body, look at you. I told you, devil, I'm not sick. Oh, come on. I told you now I'm delivered. Oh, I told you now, come on. Please, give in. Don't you do it. Don't you do it. If it's with your last breath on this earth, you say, I am healed. I'm healed in Jesus' name. Well, what if I die? The other side of that's glory. You lose nothing. Hallelujah. But don't you go one minute before you got to go. Don't you go one second before you have to go. Amen. And don't, and don't, and don't let him whine you into submission. Amen. Amen. I've known parents before, they said, well, I finally gave in because I just got tired of their whining. Regardless of whether it was good or not, I got tired of their whining and let them go do something that I thought they shouldn't have done. God is telling us in His Word, I think you should never be sick another day in your life. I think you should never be broke another day in your life. I think you should be free from every plague. I think you should be victorious. I think you should be the head and not the tail. Don't let the devil whine you out of God's promises. Because the word's true. My Lord, i got to hurry. People get into trouble when they begin to allow something other than the word and what God said to be truth to them. I want you to see something. Matthew 22, 29. We're going to hurry here. I don't know if I can get done in two minutes, but we'll do our best. No, I can't. Philip, who cannot lie. I, I can't be done in two minutes. But we'll, we'll do our best. Look at Matthew 22, 29. Now, this is important. And, and at first glance, you may think, what's this got to do with what you're saying? Notice what Jesus said. Jesus answered. These are the religious leaders of his day. And he said, you do error. You err. You get into error. Why? Not knowing the scriptures. 
or the power of God. That's, that's where you get into error. Error means to go astray. To be led into error or to be deceived. Jesus says then that you're led astray, you're deceived, you're seduced. When, you, when what? When you don't know the Word of God. Amen. Why? That's, that's the evidence of what God said. You would not know what God said if you didn't have His Word. But because you've got His Word, you've got the ability to not be deceived. Amen. Sickness is deception. It's the devil trying to deceive you. And that's why when somebody that's battling something will stand up and say, I'm the healed of the Lord, the enemy will say, yeah, but you're sick. You know you're sick. You're saying you're healed and you're sick. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Well, your body's sick. You're right, devil. My, body, my body's facing a battle, but my body's not me. Amen. I am not sick. Amen. If we walked out in, 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 in the parking lot and somebody got in the car and all the side panels are rusted out and the car is full of rust, you wouldn't say they're full of rust. If somebody you know's house is full of termites, well, the person's not full of termites. The house they live in has termites, but they don't have them. I'm telling you, you're not sick. You're healed. You might be overcoming something, but you're overcoming. You are on the victory side. Oh, glory. And devil, you're not going to lead me astray. You're not going to deceive me. You're not going to seduce me into thinking anything else. Well, pastor, I just don't have the strength. Well, but, but, but wait a minute. He said, even those that have no strength, he increases their might. Because God gives power to the faint. Is that what he said? So what are you supposed to do when you feel weak? Declare, God gives power to the faint. God gives power to the faint. Amen. Say it out loud. I'm not going to fall out. I'm not going to faint. I'm not going to fall away. God gives power to the faint. To them that have no strength. He increases their might. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You got time for one more scripture? John 8. John 8. 31 and 32. It's a familiar scripture, but I want you to see some things. Then Jesus said to those Jews that believed on him, now stop, they believed on him. Believing is not enough. Because people will say, well, you know, I they'll, they'll make statements. I believe God can heal. Amen. It's not enough. That's right. Amen. The man that had the demonic son that was throwing him in the fire and in the water believed, but his son still had a demon. Right? There are people you know that believe God can do anything, but God's doing nothing for them. He said, 
to those Jews that believed on him, if, if, believing is not enough, if you continue in my word, we could say, which is truth, then, if you continue, then are you my disciples indeed. And, conjunction, we could say it this way, and then, if you continue in my word, and then you'll know the truth. You'll be intimate with, you will come to know in experiential knowledge the truth. The word. And the truth will make you free. Is that what it says? The truth will make you free. So what happens every time you declare the truth over your life? Freedom comes. Now, I don't feel free. Should we go back and start preaching again? How you feel has little to do with anything. What did God who cannot lie say? God who cannot lie says when you know the truth, you'll be free. Period. 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 Yeah, but you know the symptoms. You need to tell the devil and the symptoms, look, I know the lie you're trying to run on me, but I know the truth. You know, I've told people that before, not you, but I'll use you, you know. I've told people before, I'd come up to them, I'd say, look, I know what you're doing. And I just want you to know I know the truth. So you need to quit playing your game. I've told people that in the church. I know, I, I know the way you're living. And you need to quit playing a game. You need to get right with God. And stop that. That's how you got to talk to the devil. I know the game you're trying to play, but I know the truth. I'm healed. I'm delivered. I'm blessed. My family's blessed. My marriage is blessed. I know what you're trying to do, and you're a liar. You, you are a liar. I know the game you're playing, and I'm not playing. You've got to let him know. Amen. Hallelujah. So right now, the healing power of God is flowing through your body. Right now, if you're sick in your body, come up here. I need to lay hands.